Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square. Be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries. And when it's time to eat, be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. To this free episode of Dunked on Prime, a Hollinger and Duncan part two of their trade deadline analysis. They couldn't get through everything in part one. However, if you want to listen to part one, you can subscribe to Dunked on Prime at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. We still have our mock trade deadline sale going for about one more day uh, as you're listening to this. This is going to be your last chance to get that discounted rate to subscribe to Dunked on Prime and get all the Hollinger and Duncan content, all of the content with Nate and Danny, uh, the Daily Dunk, Seth Partnell's analysis, a lot of stuff for you. All the podcasts are ad-free, dunkedon.supportingcast.fm, and use the mock trade deadline sale while you still can. Well, John, it's been 48 hours, but I can reveal to everyone that you just demanded to talk to me again. It was just too long without uh, some NBA trade deadline discussion. We went for an hour and a half on Friday. I felt like we still had so much more to talk about. So we're just going to record again. Let's do it. Let's do it. I it, I de- demanded more trade conversation. We it was it was amazing with so much happened that we, that we it was just impossible to fit it in even into a 90 minute conversation. So, since we last talked though, something new has come out and I'm glad, eager in fact, to discuss it with you this Gary Payton the second failed physical, ostensibly failed physical situation uh for those who probably are actually going to know the results of this by the time you listen to this and I think I know what that's going to be, but uh not based on reporting, but just based on the practical realities of the situation. But for those who, who haven't been paying attention to this, this four-team trade with Sadiq Bay going to the Hawks, James Wiseman going to the Pistons, five seconds initially going to the Warriors, and then three of them plus two of the Warriors' own seconds being rerouted to Portland for Gary Payton the second. But now the Warriors say that Payton isn't going to be able to play for some indeterminate amount of time. It was up to three months in the initial reporting that it was missing a significant portion of the remaining regular season. He had this core muscle surgery in the offseason. He's been talking about he hasn't felt right since then. So what's your reaction to all this, John? This is a very interesting piece of NBA arcana. Uh, you know, you could theoretically fail somebody's physical for any reason at all. So like a team could do a deal and then basically get cold feet and fail the physical. Um, theoretically, uh, that that's probably yeah. a bad and, way. And to- uh, Stan Van Gundy, I, I don't know whether they did that or not with Muddy Yunus, uh, that trade, but it certainly, even if Muddy Yunus could have played, it definitely would have been a smart move to fail the physical because uh, that was a bad trade. Yeah, <laughs> there exactly, was, exactly. There was a lot of backlash to it, well, too. I, but, don't, I don't know how much of that was actually part of the failing it in the end. but uh, Muddy, uh, Muddy, That was not the only physical Muddy Yunus failed, so uh, I, yeah. that one may, yeah. may have been more legit. Um, now, normally... 
if there's a problem with the physical, teams are supposed to exchange medical information on the trade call, which really most of the time is a listing of just whatever the training staff has recorded about injuries, mispractice, mistime, what was the injury. Um, sometimes teams will want you to go deeper if there's a, a very specific thing, but uh you don't really usually get into how the particular injury was treated, which is why this debate about the Toradol shots is interesting. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's one where the where the Warriors are going to have the upper hand. Uh, they, they've mm. definitely done a better job in PR uh, since the day of the trade, but that's that's not really how this gets decided. Um, the the other thing though is that the trade deadline itself was the problem, right? Because you go back, you look at like the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade. Cleveland got yeah. Isaiah Thomas, did his physical. They were like, hey, his hips in way worse shape than we thought. And they were able to renegotiate another second round pick into the trade. Uh, oh, well, well, that equalized it. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland still won because they got rid of Kyrie Irving. Um, the, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so a quick aside, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas was like, I think, second team all NBA that year and basically, basically almost was never played goods. at yeah. an NBA level yeah. ever again and never yeah. contributed for Cleveland. He missed the first two months of the season and then was terrible. And uh, LeBron basically went on strike for a month to get him out of there. Yes. Um, so. So this idea that like oh oh hey if they had if this had come up earlier there would be like a panacea where they could have gotten more compensation that would have made things worth it uh, now Isaiah Thomas and Gary Payton the second in terms of their stature at the time are a lot different but it, like they weren't going to get an extra first from the Blazers out of this it had this come up so that's that aspect no. of it it's kind of like you kind of still would be back in the deal or no deal really right. the more the bigger opportunity cost is they could have just done something else with Wiseman or just gotten Sadiq Bay instead or something like that yeah done a completely different deal so and and again they could have renegotiated this to say you know what Portland for, forget it like you're you're out of this we're just gonna do a three-team deal now uh which which would have been possible right they could have just walked away with the five second round picks themselves or they could have yeah. or they could have done a two-way deal all those things were possible as long as it was before the trade deadline but once the trade deadline passed it was ironclad yay or nay uh pass fail basically and so this is why the warriors are faced with this hard decision now there is another way out of this that nobody really talks about um it is possible for the owners to basically settle things under the table with some kind of agreement. Uh, now, this, of course, is illegal, so it's not possible for it to happen. But just theoretically, it's something that could happen. Yeah, that's, that's occurred to me as well, where it's kind of like, hey, do us a solid. However, I think the fact that this has made it into the media this way would indicate that's probably not going to happen. Jody Allen is, doesn't seem like, you know, she's going to do a little wink, wink with Joe Lacob. You know, I don't Joe know Cronin that they already, know each yeah. other. If there were owners who had a little more of a relationship, I could see more something like this happen happening. Again, I've heard... Yeah. I've heard stories about things in the past where this may or may not have happened. But yeah, where it'd be like, hey, you know what? Just like next time we want to dump a contract for cash, uh, help us out. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, uh, would, more, would be th- yeah, that no, 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 me. no. More. I, I, I think it's, I think it's a little more, more like more either, uh, either I just wired related. some money to your Swiss bank account, or hey, hey, that that deal you wanted to do in this other business I have with with your other business. Uh, let's adjust some of the terms ah <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, uh, always it's always nice when i'm like oh yeah this illicit thing would happen oh no actually it's even like more below <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 <laughs>
than that. Uh, um, so I guess, so, so you think then that, so let's say this is true. Now there's been some pushback from Aaron Goodwin, Peyton's agent about whether he needed to be shot up. And there are a bunch of qualifiers there too, of like, yeah. well, he wasn't, he didn't shot up to need to be able to play. So he could have played, but like, he just still elected against, you know, there, there's a, uh, there are a lot of like, permutations to this that you know one one line statement is not going to cover but so you would think that it wasn't this isn't necessarily to this specific level of detail wouldn't have been something that should have been disclosed i it's kind of right on the line and i it's 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 going to be hard for for Golden State to prosecute this. I think, like, the, so the one recent example we have of a team clearly failing to disclose and then being penalized by the league for it was the Jeff Green heart thing between Boston and Oklahoma City, which sounded like it was a relatively honest mistake by Oklahoma City, where they just didn't have the information from the doctor get into their get to their trainers to be able to put into the uh, trade call that they had with Boston. Like Oklahoma City's front office, I don't think knew about this either, uh, and. So, and they were penalized a second round pick. Uh, so, re- realistically, I, I just, I just don't like best, ca- absolute best case scenario. The league penalizes Portland a second round pick. Yeah, for and I don't even think Golden that'll State. happen. And and that'll be like you know a year from now or something. Like it, it was. Uh, yes. And the Drew Holiday day uh, trade was the other one where he had all these shin issues after he got traded to New Orleans, and it really took him a, a few years uh, for that to resolve. In the end, now he's one of the more durable players. Um, so the, going from Philly, Philly got docked, I think, a second there as well. Forgot about that one. So I, I guess to me, I mean, part of the, like it could just be Golden State's medical staff like did some tests that portland's didn't i mean this idea of like oh he needed to be shot up like that was the issue you know he was having this level of pain you know all right that's whether you should have to disclose that or not it's interesting but it's also i mean it seems pretty clear that portland's medical staff wasn't of the opinion that he needed to miss three months and golden states is and that's the bigger disconnect here than whether he needed to be shot up or not they did an exam that found this that portland apparently never found yeah i mean if portland legitimately didn't know he was he had this injury then like ignorance actually is sort of a defense here <laughs> no i mean not a good one in the court of public opinion probably yeah and yeah also probably not a good one when you're trying to run a basketball team no but uh for, for the for the sake of not being uh penalized by the league it is uh it is a go but that's why that's why you're able to do a physical on players but it's also why waiting to the trade deadline isn't necessarily a great idea. I mean, this was always the thing I feared when I was in the front office that you make a deal with somebody, you can't do any more deals once the deadline ends. So if somebody fails the guy you sent out in a physical, you're just left high and dry. And the more teams you add to the trade, the more different points where that can happen. Like, you know, I'm at the Hawks game last night. They think they made this trade for Sadiq Bay and two teams that had nothing to do with the trade, basically, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. five seconds to Detroit for Sadiq Bay in in the mind of the Hawks, basically, and and they're, so they're going to blow up my trade for Sadiq well, Bay, well, and I can't well, I do, do anything think, about it, and I have yeah. no other recourse. And in the meantime, I traded two seconds to Houston to get under the tax so that I could take in Sadiq Bay. Uh, I, I 
some of the reporting has indicated that it was initially Wiseman for Bay and then maybe Golden State flipped those for the five seconds for Atlanta. Okay. I, th- I think that was that was the uh yeah because I, th- I think I, I'm not sure about that I, that's what the reporting indicated maybe that wasn't the case um so and maybe they just worked out the three-teamer all at once but yeah and then it became it became a four-teamer Portland had nothing to I, I think that's fair to say that Portland had nothing to do with Atlanta and Detroit really in this deal other than just that Golden State wanted to flip these and, and I think and it would it have been nah, maybe it wouldn't have been legal uh yeah I don't think it would have been legal to just ship Kevin Knox and the seconds to oh yeah it would have been because they they could have I think there would have just been a trade exception for what I, I, anyway yeah. uh I I lost track of all. I we know it was legal as a four teamer I'm not sure it would have been legal yeah Golden State that. by the way also got a uh um they they kind of got an additional second out of it when they um when they put Portland in the deal because because it was really closer to four seconds coming from Atlanta I think because one of them was protected 30, 31 to 42 and one was protected 40 to 60 right and they kind of they kind of exchanged those and got two better ones because they got two you, you, yeah. 31 through 60 picks from Atlanta yeah you say you say uh right like I knew the exact protections on those just boom like right off the top of my head <laughs> uh but yes uh that th- th- I did note that Golden State did upgrade their picks slightly in the in the deal um so it ultimately though particularly with this being a four-teamer and particularly with this other move being made by the Hawks like it just seems like the quote-unquote social pressure on Golden State to just go through with it is big number one and then number two like they just like they don't want to pay more tax this year I think they say like seven million this year and then yeah you know they still get wise and off their books for next year uh Peyton is still insurance if DiVincenzo leaves for next year uh Peyton is potential matching salary this summer uh it seems like even if he's you know going to be questionable for part of the rest of the year like it just even in a vacuum even without the kind of hey everyone else is depending on you like you can't just fail guys physicals like this like the guy was playing come on Mm -hmm. uh you know that we don't want it we're not going to be willing to deal with you at the deadline again aspect i think it just it ultimately makes sense to just hit send yeah do it i I think that's what's going to happen um so i so if so what was the point on dragging this out this far you know gary was in the stands with bob myers yesterday he really wants to be back but what was the point of just like dragging portland through the mud like this because i really don't think there was that much of a decision to make and like like there's no like everyone knows the rules like they're just hoping to like the league would make an exception and like allow them to amend it or something like that that wasn't that sure seemed like what they might have been hoping yeah and just for the for the for the league to make an exception like that just opens up such a can of worms that you can't yes, possibly do yes. that. Yeah, there's there's no way like everybody will be pulling this shit every year yeah. if the league allows this. Like you you don't want this to happen. Make your deal earlier before the trade. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing the league office is going to say. Oh, did you not know the deadline was today? <laughs> Yeah, and and yes, deadline spur action, as uh, Andrew Brandt likes to say in football. But still, like it's uh, yeah, it is possible to make a deal a a little bit earlier. Um, Yeah, I I wonder if we'll see teams now in the future like try to like create an artificial deadline or whatever. But they're not going to do that. Like, here's the thing: 
teams will look at this they'll see the risk of a guy failing a physical but then they'll also feel the risk of hey if we had waited something else could have emerged once this team got their shit done right like the the whole landscape of the league changed with kevin durant getting traded on wednesday the bigger risk is doing this deal now without full information of what the landscape of possibilities is so i don't think this is going to change anything probably not uh i'm trying to think there was one time where we got a deal done ahead of the deadline but i mean even really like I think we were a little more aggressive than a lot of teams in terms of we didn't just pussyfoot around until 2 p.m. on Thursday. And still that that deadline week, I think we got with Courtney Lee. I know we did like the Monday of deadline week, but that is the only one I could think of that we where we really got it done early. Yeah. And that was I, I mean, I thought that that was a deal. I think what was it, like two seconds for Courtney Lee or something. And you got off we a got, little money. We got uh, we got four seconds uh, for Courtney Lee because we did. Oh, Oh, you traded him away. That's well, right. We traded yeah. him out. Um, no, the other Courtney Lee sure, deal was yeah. early January. So that was a completely That's different right. situation. Um, yeah. But but that was a case where you're just like, yeah, you know what? We're probably not going to get a first for this guy. This is back when four seconds meant something, too. But, yeah. when, well, nobody would trade for it. One of the seconds turned into Dylan Brooks. So, like, really happy that that, that, that deal happened. Um, the And it was... You know, it was two front offices that I trusted and done deals with, with Charlotte and Miami, and we sort of knew how to deal with each other. And it's like, it just worked. But a lot of times, it's just not that simple. Charlotte had just lost, uh, I want to say, MKG for the season, too. (laughs) So they had had some interest in acting quickly. So it it just all worked. Yeah, and and Courtney Lee contributed to the greatest season in Bobcat Hornets history. 48 wins and they went seven with toronto in the first round was that miami miami yeah miami which set up the worst playoff series basically in nba history in the second round of that miami toronto series anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style so level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com and use the code per easy to remember because john invented it use per to get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that per code to let them know you came from us I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina 
to work some summer jobs and hang out we had a great time except for his car his car was awful we called it the pos it was like a 91 oldsmobile cutlass sierra we're allowed to talk about oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand right is that okay this thing had the turning radius of a world war one battleship broke down all the time just a, a miserable vehicle to drive and when customers are rushing to your store you want a point of sale system that you can trust not a real pos like my buddy's car you need shopify for retail it makes it easy to accept payments manage orders and build relationships with customers you can sell in person backed by everything that you need to sell online track every sale across your business in one place know exactly what's in stock connect with customers in line and online you can drive in-person store traffic with plug and play tools for marketing campaigns on social media Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash per this is a good segue though uh well actually here one more thing first and it's worth noting that this happened with portland last year too that they traded away larry nance and he immediately needed surgery in new orleans Mm -hmm. so i and again maybe there was a differing evaluation between the medical staffs there new orleans is another one that's probably a little bit more conservative um it is also kind of funny too given like what happened with kevin durant that uh gary payton the second like really wanted to be back with golden state's medical staff they actually have done a pretty good job i was like getting draymond green back last year for example like they've actually done a pretty good job uh they kept Otto porter upright which uh toronto has not been able to do yep uh and nobody else has been able to do frankly so um but yeah so my next question here this big trend of ninety-seven thousand second round picks being like uh, being traded and that but nobody wants to give up a first and and even a first you know we thought that like like i thought the lakers actually got good value for the actual first they're willing to trade top four protected like that's it's kind of interesting to me uh what, what do you make of that trend yeah we we have seen a lot more of it and it's it's interesting. I actually think it's the opposite that some teams have realized that the second round picks do have value and so that piling four or five of them, okay, actually that is that is really something. And uh hat tip to uh Seth Partnow, my uh one-time colleague at the uh Athletic our dunked on colleague for uh the with Milwaukee, the four second yeah. round picks from Nikola Mirotic. I think that's re- really might have been what kind of started this trend because you really hadn't seen much of it before. But we saw the Hawks trade five, and then basically five went out again for the Warriors to get Peyton. Uh, we saw a couple other ideal deals with three and four. Memphis sent out three seconds. Bucks Bucks sent out five Kennard. in the in the Crowder deal, but also to dump. Yeah, uh, two were for Crowder, three were, for, three were to dump salary. But yeah. Yeah. So sim- similar trends. Yeah, I, I guess those second round picks. I mean, they're such flyers because once you get after maybe like forty five or so, they really don't have a ton of value. Maybe you could say they have a little more now with the two way slots. But generally, yeah. I think teams were loath to put a guy that you drafted fifty third on the roster unless you know you're a tax team and you just wanted that tax variant savings for a guy in his first and sometimes second year. Tyrese um, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, 
And also, I think it's worth noting, too, that particularly like like Philly, for example, is getting shit on like crazy in their market for getting under the tax. I shouldn't say like crazy, but there's been a little bit of like, hey, this is just Josh Harris money. And but if you save 15 million dollars, that's enough. If there's a guy you really want in the draft after maybe 40 or so, you could just go buy that pick back. Like it's like just I mean, it's like. You've been in this situation where if you're like, especially this year when you, the tax issue would be like 13 million, like there isn't a single owner in the entire NBA who I think who would say, hey, like, yeah, oh yeah, if we have to give up a second to get under the tax and save $15 million, who wouldn't do that deal, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, when, when you're talking about end of roster players, especially, yeah, without a doubt. The the other thing is it um, it helps uh, with the repeater too, so that Philly could yeah. theoretically uh, spend a little more next year. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was no from the get-go. Like, no team, no team just sits there a million above the tax and just says, we're good, and like goes through the trade deadline like you either you either go plunge further in so you're like 10 million over or you get under now yeah i actually i think maybe the wolves might have ended up like 500k above the tax last year they did after their trade deadline deals but it was also a year in which the uh the distribution was not that high no i think it was pretty high last year this was like golden state golden state brooklyn Clippers are pretty high. This was two. No, this was two years ago. Oh, oh, was it the? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was the. uh, It was the trade where they acquired Russell. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wiggins trade here. Okay. Anyway, that's this is boring, people. Uh, I I do have a category though. Since while we're okay, (laughs) while we're here, uh, the most boring financial move that only cap dorks would love oh can we count the noah vonley trade to san antonio was that is that too that was too early though right? <laughs> hey no any chance you get to bring that trade up again sure <laughs> why not that's yeah I, yeah that's got to be even more boring than like deadman deadman probably would have been my pick but he at least was making four million and, and i mean the debit thing was weird because they were not a tax team so yeah but they needed room below the tax just to do their buyout stuff uh i would say um yeah, I mean, Cyrus for Baisley was a money move. Yeah, I think that one. That I wonder what happens with Shard. Like Shard is, yeah, an interesting guy. I wonder if he's going to get bought out or not. I like I actually I actually see OKC potentially holding on to him. Oh, you know what's uh, low key a money move? It's it's not that boring. But uh, Patrick Beverly for Mo Bamba. Yeah, that uh, when I was talking to some people around the Lakers yesterday, uh, that came up. That was uh, that. Yeah, they did actually save some money in that one, and okay. also maybe the sanity of people around. On the team yeah exactly uh cut 2.7 million which with their taxes got to be at least double that um and I, I mean to me the tell was that winning gabriel played last night and bomba didn't well bomba was finishing his suspension oh that's right okay okay i i, I yeah i'd that. forgotten yeah. that too because he yeah. didn't get credit for the games that uh yeah he didn't get credit for the games that like he was just like sitting out to like the physical and stuff so Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I'd forgotten about that part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he at least can take uh, Beverly's place for irritating the other team once he gets back. (laughs) From the bench, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, the player that you were most surprised was not traded. I mean, we've we've retired this award in, in honor of John Collins, right? <laughs> no, but I wasn't surprised though. Like I, I actually knew he wasn't, wasn't surprised get because I think his his money now is a real disincentive for teams to acquire him. So the the player I was surprised was not traded. I was a little yeah, I was a little surprised Doug McDermott, but he has another year left. Yeah. So I guess it didn't didn't totally shock me. Maybe. Yeah. I- I, I think by the time of the deadline, the, most of the reporting was pretty good. Like, I, I think you would have to say Van Vliet or, or I, maybe even Trent more than Van Vliet uh, would, would be the two. But also Toronto has this history of not trading guys in this situation. So that yeah. wasn't like Actually, no. Okay. There. you're No, you're right. I, I thought at the very least Trent was going to get traded. Um, let's see. Utah, Utah traded their guys basically. So that, that would have been yeah. the other one. Yeah. They traded their guys. Um, yeah. I mean, Boyan, again, there was reporting that Detroit like really wanted to keep him. And and in the end, I think there was only one team, which would have been Milwaukee to me, that would have made sense to give something, uh, give up a first for him. I, but it seemed like they were content with uh, what they did with Crowder, which is, I I mean, I think, I, I think they would have been awesome if they had Boyan, but Crowder, I think is going to really help them too. Like they're actually, they've got yeah. pretty good depth now for the first time in a while. Now, how much of that depth can really play against the Boston Celtics? We'll see. Um, can, can we say, can we say Grayson Allen after he was rumored all year? Was it? Oh, no, no. Yeah. Know, yeah. The other guy surprised was not traded as Ish Smith. Oh yeah. Just for tax avoidance. Financially. Yeah. The, I just, I just thought that nuggets. was one where the nuggets would, would send him out and save the money. Yeah. That's a good one actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, kudos to the nuggets uh, front office. They're paying I mean, the tax. They, they pay, yeah. yeah. I mean, and the, like not nothing like they're 10 million over. So yeah. Um, let's see here. The player who uh, most benefited from being traded. Well, Eric Gordon, I mean, was <laughs> he's been ready to go, ready to go for a long time now. So I think he's he's got to be near the top of that list. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I guess maybe I should rephrase it in the sense of like where like his career will most like he's just in a better situation to play better or play more or something like that. More more than just like oh, all right, he's, he got out of the team that's gonna have the worst record in the league three years in a row. Uh, Matisse Tybel, I, I I think yeah, I think yeah. he has a chance to to play more. More importantly, there's just more shooting there. I think it's less... I think his his non shooting might be less of an issue there than it was in Philly. Well, well, they won't make the playoffs, and that's when he gets exposed. That'll actually help him a ton. <laughs> but but I think he is a guy who can help you in the regular season. Yeah, and and help that that team and like with some things that they don't have as much of. So yeah, we'll see. I have I have a feeling they won't be starting Cam Reddish for long. So. Yeah, well, I mean, Reddish would be the other one, though. I mean, just a guy who wasn't like he, he gets a a ninety seventh chance to rehabilitate yeah. his career. Yeah, I wonder how it'll go. <laughs> Do you think you really think it's just completely hopeless for him? I I don't think it's. I I'm not going to say it's completely hopeless. Um, I mean, he has he has size. He, there is some talent there. I just the cross section of shooting and ball hit like he's. <sighs> He's he's just skilled enough to tease you without being actually that skilled. Yeah, he's another one of these guys at that position who has this feeling like, oh, you know, I want to do more. You know, I want to be like a superstar ball handling wing. The difference is that Jeremy Grant and OG Ananobi were actually really good at the skill set that you need to even play to begin with so that then you can develop those skills. 
Whereas Reddish, he's from the jump has been focused on doing more of this ball handling stuff. And it's like, you know, you're just not an efficient creator inside the arc at all. So like you need to just defend and shoot the ball just to get on the floor and then we'll see. And the, and the shooting, the shooting piece is, you know, that that's the one that needs to come around. And I, you know, when I see his, his stroke, I just, I, I'm not really a believer that he can get above the low thirties. Yep. I suppose. So I, I mean, I guess we'll see how well he gets guarded. Like the, the, there'll be a chance there. Like, I, I think it was still a good, it, it was totally reasonable to get him. I mean, like they got a first going, uh, along with him so that i think you can feel pretty good about that yeah. um uh, my what, pick would what, be james yeah sorry. One, one small thing from that blazer trade by the way oh god Kev, kevin knox three million team option for next year had some moments in detroit where he was <laughs> looked all right like I, i'm at least mildly intrigued by that it's pretty amazing that they got kevin knox cam reddish and matisse seipel all at the same time but i, I mean these are all guys that they'll they have uh cost control or restricted they also got in a little because I, I, i've talked about this something with danny i wanted to kind of get your thought on it of just building their team and like that your colleague jason quick was uh very very critical of the team for like not doing more at the deadline once again i actually thought they did reasonably well as i did at last deadline when they also got killed uh now i would have been right if the probabilities of like you know 85 percent of them getting that pels pick had actually turned out for them uh but then they ended up getting jeremy grant uh, for the pick that they got anyway in the mccollum deal which i think was good for them but uh you know, he's killing them for not doing anything. And I'm just like, hey, if you're not that good, you're not good enough to pay the tax and you've got Damian Lillard making, you know, 35, 40% of the cap, like they don't have bad contracts on their books, really. It's just, you can't really build that good of a team with Lillard as your best player, making that much money and not going deep into the tax. Like, I just don't, like, they're just so limited in what they can do. Yeah, it's, I, like... (sighs) I could see how, if, if, like, if I was a Blazer fan, I could see how that would be a depressing trade deadline because you're basically saying, "No, we're probably not going to make the playoffs." I mean, I mean, that's they'll put on a Braves face. I mean, all these yeah, press or, conferences or, or, on, all these press conferences on Friday is everyone putting lipstick on pigs, and I that's a part of the job that I don't really miss. <laughs> but uh, uh, that they're you know they had aspirations they even talked about for this year, and they're just not they're not going to do those. But I think th- what they have move toward each of the last two trade deadlines is rebuilding and taking an unsustainable financial model going forward and making it something that might work. Now, at some point, you're right. If you have Lillard on this contract, it's hard to win without paying into the tax but it's also hard to justify paying into the tax with this team you have. It's kind of a <laughs> uh, a catch-22 there. They might have an easier time selling that with next year's team. I'm not sure. We'll see what Grant's money comes in at. They'll have their yeah. – they'll have the Peyton exception, an exception for Hart, uh, possibly use of the full mid-level. They have some cost control guys. You know, we'll see if they keep Knox. We'll see if they keep Watford. Uh, Little's only making seven going forward. They can resign Thibel. Probably Thibel. What do you think? He gets less than ten, right? Um, so I think that's probably. I, I mean, it depends how well he plays the rest of the year. I suppose. I, I mean, there could be it, but but yeah, I mean, it's hard to see him getting above the mid level. Yeah, um, Eubank, Eubanks will be uh, Eubanks will be an interesting one. Actually, he might get he might get some offers, and he's unrestricted. Yeah, right. It, now, I, I guess the one counter argument to what I was saying about it just it's too hard to build your team is. Well, they should just have someone with more size at the two, but they also, they need like someone to play when Dame sits 
and like and you need someone else on the team who can dribble like you're probably not gonna be able to afford an elite guy like that i mean would you just say grant should be their number two offensively so but maybe that's an argument of just like hey like this lilliputian backcourt is just never gonna work defensively and then the other thing you could say is just well if they just had a better center who could actually defend than yusuf nurkic like if they had been able to find you know a nick claxton type of guy um or just generally more of a defensively focused center than nurkic that then maybe maybe their defense could get to be good enough because they haven't really had a good defensive center in there like Nurkic had a few moments before he broke his leg but they generally have not had like elite defense at the big position so may, maybe that's where you'd say they could have built this team better uh around Dame but it's still you know like you when you have the 10th best player in the league making 35 million or, or I'm sorry 35 percent of the cap it's just like your ceiling is only so high yeah and, and maybe they should be winning five or six more games a year but not 15 yeah and i'd say that 10th best is pretty much a best case scenario at this point yeah i I mean i I think he's still having a very underrated season but uh you know that's going forward too um Oh, oh, but my answer is James Wiseman as far as like who is in the be- a better situation now. Like it was just never going to happen for him yeah. in Golden State. Like he, he just hurt the team too much. Like there, there's no way he could get on the floor. So, uh, I, I mean, like, you know, he's going to get a chance in Detroit. That's all you can ask. Yes. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace yours visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where america began or walk the fields where our country was won live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night for all the history to be found here there's plenty more to make for yourself it's all waiting for you in williamsburg book your trip today and live life at your pace at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's see here. Anything that, uh, okay, <laughs> this is always a fun one. Mm-hmm. The transaction everyone will immediately forget about. <laughs> Shuffling the deck chairs award. Uh, Thomas Bryant for Davon Reed. Yeah, because Bryant won't be back in Denver, and I think he's actually going to not play all that much, uh, certainly in the playoffs. It, it, that I was definitely a little odd that they gave up three seconds to get it. Maybe they feel like they can bring him back. I, I mean, he's m- more value as a regular season player than a playoff off player yeah they, i mean but, you, but you they, really gain, I mean, you gain yeah. nothing by trading for him right yeah but they don't have any kind of bird rights on him yeah that's so, what i mean yeah so yeah yeah um yeah that, i think that's a pretty good nominee there any other just overall trends and takeaways of just where the trade deadline and the market is going based on what happened we talked about the the second round picks the five second rounders uh, i mean the hawks trading away seven second rounders at one trade deadline yeah i th- i think one of the things that's driving Driving this, driving the Durant trade, driving the, you know, you saw the rumors of this stuff Memphis offered, for instance, is that free agency has become less important. And what I mean by that is fewer players are going all the way into free agency. They're settling their next contract a year or two out because of where the extension rules are now. And then they're getting to their next destination via trade. And that didn't really used to be how it worked. 
And so that that that's had real implications, I think, for even a little further down in the trade market where you get starting caliber players via trade now and you fill out your team in free agency. But getting starting caliber fr- players in free agency is too hard now. You just can't lean on that. And so that I, th- I think that's why we've seen the kind of activity that we have the last two trade deadlines. It's going to be really interesting to see this summer because there are more teams this summer with legitimate cap room uh, who can actually try to do some things. And I just, I just don't know who is going to be out there for them to realistically sign. I mean, even the guys who are rising free agents now, some of them can still do extensions before July 1. We, j- we just don't know what's going to be out there in the in the market. You know, great. You have $30 million in cap room. Are you going to use that money on, I don't know, Dylan Brooks? Or, you know, like who's, who's the best free agent left at this point? Um, so I, I I think that's going to make things really interesting. Yeah, and we've seen more teams that could have used cap space, like Portland last year being a good example, just staying over instead, just saying, "Hey, all the right, Lakers man, we make one." Yeah, Lakers, Lakers coming up this year. Yeah, to stay over. Uh, it's, re- it's called pre-agency, John. That's that's what Rob Blinka called it. Pre-agency. Okay, I. I, I can roll with that. I'm, I'm not going to make fun of that. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, yeah it's actually nothing. Yeah. <laughs> although, I would call what Poli- although I would call what Palika is doing post-agency, right? Given his former career. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's definitely, I, I mean, there are guys out there this summer, like Kyrie, Fred Van Vliet, Harden, Middleton, Draymond, Chris Epps, Porzingis, like that's, that, those are guys. Uh, yeah, the Kuzma Porzingis situations with Washington are going to be interesting. Yeah. Now, I think the point that you might be getting to, though, is and do we really expect any of those guys to change teams? I mean, Kyrie, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? But uh, I mean, as long as as long as all those guys play well, you'd think they would be just brought back by their their current teams. Um, yeah. So Ky- Ky- yeah. Kyrie may sign to play in Finland ne- next year. Like we we just don't know with him. But <laughs> yeah, the, most of these other guys we'd expect to return to their teams or even if they do move i mean they may be in sign of trades too like eh. yeah it's just hard there isn't that thing anymore where july 1st comes you do all the big meetings and the song and dance and everything and 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 there's this slow trickle of free agency news it's that like that whole scene is just over it's amazing how quickly that changed from my first year with the grizzlies till now well a couple yeah it seems like really 2019 was the last crazy year and not a surprise because because Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard that year, those guys were under contracts that were signed pre-TV deal. And so it just didn't make any sense for them to extend. But they, of course, you know, teams did have cap room then. I wonder if the rising cap under the new TV deal again in 2025 will change some of this. Now they're going to smooth it. So I think that'll help. But you still will probably have guys who maybe signed extensions under this deal. And then in 2027 or something, the cap is just so much higher that you can't extend them. So I think what what happens in this CBA deal, which, uh, I mean, we haven't even talked about that hilariously, yeah. but it looks sounds like it's going to get done that the, the NBA has backed off this hard cap idea. So I, I think we can feel confident it's going to get done. Um, but yeah, let's see what extensions look like in that, because I think that is going to be the biggest determinant of whether we actually see guys getting all the way to free agency or uh, and, being guys, also, and then actually changing teams right i mean there's some of these guys yeah. making to free agency
agency, but it's just like, okay, we've pretty much got it worked out here. In advance. Yeah, they they may also uh, loosen the extension rules, which would. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah, that yeah. it would just that, that that's going to be huge of whether they do that. I mean, and KP wrote a good piece. I've made the same point uh, talking to Keith Smith that I don't know that it's actually good for the league to just have so many extensions because you just you're going to end up with guys more guys making more money than they should make and others just making way less it's just it's i think it's better for the league to just have guys contracts determined as close as you possibly can to the year in which they are actually earning that money uh but i i think most people don't agree with me they just want teams to be able to retain players uh the front office side of me it, like coming from a small market yes i want to retain players but getting having to pay a bill five years out that's also super scary and when you know you can't especially when you know you can't realistically deal with like you can't you can't just say uh be you know be the clippers or whatever be like ah we'll just write that off (laughs) you know it's like no 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 that's actually killing us yeah, I mean, if you look at Westbrook, you look at John Wall. Uh, I mean, there have been some of those, yes. certainly. And Carl Anthony Towns probably is the guy who's the biggest nominee there. Um, For a disaster extension. Makes $60 yeah. million in 27-28. Um, okay, next. This is kind of a fun category. Most obscure player destination. Like, wait, wait, he ended up there? What? Uh, Darius Baisley in Phoenix. He's going to actually play for them, though, I think. Think. Possibly. We'll see. They seem all fired I, I think up they, about Terrence I, Ross for some reason. Oh, yeah. that That's, I mean, we'll talk buyout in a second here, but that was, I, I didn't think that was good. We'll, we'll let's save that. Uh, you wrote about this guy. He, I actually, you actually put him in your, I think he was the lowest ranked guy in your buyout column, uh, Ryan Archdiakno. A, oh, and, and Portland, the fact yeah. that he's even in the league, <laughs> and B, the fact that he is like, is, uh, had to go to Portland and that, the, the heart deal. Yes, and I mean he's he's really after Lillard and Simons, he's the only point guard left on the team. Like if, if he's one injury away from playing, that's terrifying. Uh, okay, let's see here. What else do I have? Uh, Svi Mikhailik in Charlotte would be the other one. Yes, that I had actually forgotten about that one. That's that's, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> I win because I brought how up did one. He, that how did he? About. How did he get there? <laughs> <laughs> Who, was, was he on the Knicks before? Yes. Yes, which the, the a, 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 if you're listening, give yourself bonus points just for remembering he was on the Knicks. And well, fact, well, and especially most of the year. yeah, it's like it's Tom Tom Thibodeau is just never going to play those guys. On By the, the way, I I ever. think the Knicks actually signed those um like signed that extra minimum deal to have another contract to do his matching salary. I, I think that was pretty clever. Yeah, it's a, a, another Brock Aller special. <laughs> yes, so, uh, I, I would love to know like what Tom Thibodeau and Brock Aller's relationship is like that. <laughs> I, I mean i could see them like you know but brock just like you know you don't understand front office like not like it but i could also see them being like like tim's like yeah i squeeze out every fucking detail on the you know in film yeah. session in a five-hour practice and and yeah. brock being like yeah i'm just i'm gonna squeeze uh, every second to get the rights to uh boban dublovich in this <laughs> deal <laughs> We're not doing the deal unless Daniel Diaz is in it. <laughs> God, I remember. It's a double bench and Diaz. I like that was back when I was. I going scouted to the both camp. those guys. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I think that was the uh, the Vignetta trip. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we drove like 
five hours to see Sharic versus Nurkic and get got like a 300 euro fine for not buying this toll tag. Oh my god. Yeah. If, uh, if you're if you're gonna drive in Slovenia, yeah. uh, you, you get it. Get a sticker for your car. That's that's all we're gonna say about that. So here, this is the. Th- I think we can put a bow on the trade deadline here. Oh, actually, I do want to talk Memphis too. Okay. We haven't talked about them yet, but uh, the trend of you mentioned it, the, the extensions, all that. There is much panic, much consternation last year. Ben Simmons, how could he possibly ask out? He's got three years left on his deal or, or four years left on his deal at that time. Like, this is just going to be a disaster if he doesn't report. And then KD, this are, oh my God, like he he's just starting this four-year deal. Like, this is just going to be so terrible for teams to see you can sign this contract. What does a contract even mean anymore? And then I think there was much rejoicing when the Nets got called the bluff of Irving, called the bluff of KD, in theory, got them both back in the fold. The, finally, the teams are getting their revenge. Uh, no, actually, uh, Kyrie and KD both ended up getting traded. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that whole Brooklyn situation was just a disaster from the from the word go. They just never, they, they never really got control of it and until it was too late you know from from the from the word go where they're signing deandre because he's their buddy it just never it, it, it was it was it was they, they they just handed the team to katie and Kyrie. which i mean your your stars are always going to have this outsized impact that goes beyond just their own play but management still has to manage uh, and i'm sure they would say that they tried their best <laughs> Uh, and I mean, there's so many forks in the road there. What if they had just not traded for Harden? Although I think a big part of the reason they did that is due to the unreliability of Kyrie in the winter of 2021. And I mean, there's a lot of a lot of other stuff uh, that could have happened uh, along those lines. But I, I think, and then James Harden's. You see his comments last night where uh, where he he played against the Nets for the first time, but KD and Kyrie were already gone. He never actually played against those guys <laughs> in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, but that reminded me that he was actually the uh, the most sympathetic figure between him, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, and that weird like uh triumvirate of, of uh people who are all involved with each other last year and uh he was like yeah you know what i thought it was gonna kind of go bad here i i decided to get out while i could and <laughs> and i mean pretty good idea he, he was right yep. you can't you can't fault him yeah yeah he saw where this was going live life at your pace click the banner or go to visit williamsburg.com to discover how because here in williamsburg life moves at one pace yours scramble through our world-class golf courses or shop your way through the square be one with nature as you hike or bike through our parks and trails or hunker down at one of our breweries and when it's time to eat be sure to bite into our eclectic food scene it's all waiting for you in williamsburg book your trip today and live life at your pace at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. We haven't talked sure. about them at all. What did you think of what they did? They basically uh, traded some seconds and Danny Green for Luke Kennard. 
I thought it was the I thought it was the best non exclamation point move available to them. Uh, in, in other words, like there was like the blockbuster level move of trading multiple firsts and getting you know bridges or getting KD or whatever. Setting those possibilities aside, this this is the best small ball they could have played. I thought it really needed another shooter, uh, especially like when when Bain was out, it was so bad. Um, Kennard was definitely the best shooter they could have gotten. I think. Kennard fits better in Memphis than they did in Clippers. Like the Clippers want to play these small lineups and switch everything. And that puts Kennard in a lot of vulnerable situations. And I think the way Memphis is set up with, with Jaron as a rim protector, with a little more standard slash drop coverages, it's a little easier for Kennard to get by there. And uh, I, I think he's going to help them. Regular season, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think they did need more shooting. I think they needed a way for uh, Desmond Bain has kind of had like this knee soreness. I think like they needed someone who could just start games and he's going to rest. And, and I think it's right the toe. The Isn't it the toe with Bain? Uh, it was the toe. Now he's been missing games with knee okay. soreness recently, but maybe the toe is still bothering him too. But the toe is what had him missing whatever it was, six weeks. But this is just another Memphis move for a guy who is not plug and play in the playoffs. And I, I guess their assessment was that Danny Green just wasn't going to be able to help them at that type of a level. And I mean, I I understand that. Like he's eight months off of a LCL and ACL injury, so I, I I'm not in their building to see what he looks like right now. To I mean, obviously, the, I think the theory of Danny Green, even from last year, would actually help them more than Kennard. But I, I I get that, and they you know another young guy, so more cost control. Like they're all about that. But it's just like he's another guy who like, like he can't like him and Ja play together in the playoffs like really like bane is gonna play 40 minutes a game in the playoffs you can't really play like him and bane together like you just need more size on the wing so i it's so i think i mean if you're finishing games with morant jones and bane what's the difference between that and morant canard and bane no very little but i wouldn't want to be finishing with morant jones and bane either (laughs) i mean there's a there's a larger existential question of what of what this team looks like in a high level playoff series like in the second we're we're on a train toward Memphis Phoenix in the second round, right? And so that's going to get really interesting what that looks like for the Grizzlies. But I also think, I mean, just even with the second unit, I mean, the Grizzlies had a situation where Williams was unplayable, Roddy and LaRavia aren't aren't ready yet. Like they just need somebody decent to soak up those minutes, even if it's even when you get to the playoffs and it's ten minutes. And then I also think contractually having a number filled, uh, like having fourteen there for next year expands their trade possibilities uh, because they're still going to be able to I mean they're 20 they're still 25 million from next year's tax line right so the the issue isn't so much but like they were what are you gonna do otherwise resign Danny Green to like a partially guaranteed con- like he's a he's a walking trade exception is what I'm trying to say that that you could still put into another bigger deal so he sort of lets you kick the can down the road at the same time the way his money is set up the, that actually I, I find more persuasive uh it just i mean i think it's just disappointing for me for memphis that it just now i, I mean there are reports that they offered i think four first for bridges and three for Ananobi, and i i think that's i mean that's just a crazy price to give up for a role player i mean as you alluded to earlier but it's also this is a group that like could be really aggressive there and then the, they could resign like he like those guys are 
exactly exactly what they need. Yeah, um, I would I would have yeah. done it for Bridges. I, I would not have for Ananobi. I just think yeah. off, offensively, he just he just leaves them in the same place. But I, I think Bridges really helps them at both ends. Well, well, and Bridges also is under contract for three more contract, years. And, yeah, Ananobi is one. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that is a, a big part of what you would be paying for for Bridges. But for me, for Brooklyn, that that deal will be there in the off season for them too. That I, I'm very interested to watch them play. There'd be a, a fun team, I think. So yeah, I, I'm just like man, another guy. Like he just, I, I was hoping that they would just get more guys. Find and maybe the the deal just wasn't out there. But they did. They need more like real rock solid two way playoff players. They needed at center and they need one on the wing. Like they still don't have anyone to me that I just uh, can 100 percent rely on in the playoffs other than job bain and and jaron i said that before and they to me they needed to get one more of those guys like they have good players regular season players but it's just and maybe you can cobble it together depending on the matchup but i, I think they're a good six eight hmm. two-way player yeah that i mean that's yeah. exactly the thing they need right now and they were hoping zaire williams would be that for him and he just he just hasn't well and just uh, even if they just had what d'anthony melton was this year like that trading him for the number 23 pick uh, and especially he's under contract for one more year i guess so they felt now like it's like, could, like they traded they traded now it's like they made, traded melton for canard basically they trade because they gave up three seconds but they received a pick in the 20s so you call that more or less a wash yeah and even so someone it's like, like melton yeah. for canard basically is what the deal looks like yeah and well and they got uh, roddy also with that pick but uh and then laravia another guy they draft like who's just kind of like it just isn't the archetype of the player that they need i, I just it's it, so it, we'll see it, it, this year like they used to just be like losing anderson and melton to me i i've still kind of like and they're just not like because they were just so hard to play against before and i just don't think they're at uh, and especially once jaron gets into foul trouble too like that's the other thing is you need some insurance for that yes uh i i mean anderson i think they were just gonna lose i think he saw the writing on the wall for his playing time and he just was gonna leave yeah unless they that's, offered that's something fair. ridiculous um but the 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 melton thing is one that i think is going to be it, i mean i know for a fact <laughs> like just the the people i know in memphis like that definitely is is something that's l- still litigated around town um i i also think he was a guy though that when they got in playoff situations they went away from really quickly and i that that's one of the reasons i think he was available in the first place are you going to talk buyouts? Yes, the buyout market. Few things in life have a higher sizzle to steak ratio than this. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like heating up the pan with oil and like flicking some water into it. It's not even actually like you never actually cook the meat. Uh, all right, well, uh, this guy for the Athletic uh, wrote this column: uh, NBA buyout tiers, the best players who yes might be available soon. Let's start. We know Terrence Ross. We know two already. Uh, yes. We know Reggie Jackson to Denver, Terrence Ross to Phoenix. Let's start with Ross. Uh, to but there's a third one actually. Uh, oh, Dallas but- um, got a. Dallas got a guy. How am I blanking on this? Uh, oh, we got big news here. Stanley Johnson has just been bought out from San Antonio. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, bought out. No. Uh, he's being released. So <laughs> let's be accurate here. Okay. Okay. Um, that's interesting that they're releasing him and not Gorgie Dang. Um, because they re-signed Jang again. Gorgie yeah. was the guy they released the last two times they needed to create a roster spot. So it's interesting to me that they were releasing Johnson this time. I wonder if they're signing Dom Barlow or Charles Bassey for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah, because those guys are, 
are on two ways. So uh, yeah, let, let's talk Ross first. I think uh, I don't really get this one for Phoenix. Like I, I, I mean, maybe they just know for sure that this is the best guy they could have gotten. But Landry Shamet and Damian Lee do the exact same things as him on offense better. And as crazy as to say, they're both way better defenders than Terrence Ross. Like Terrence Ross just is not. He's a name. He's I'm a worried name. that exactly. he's going to play I just, I just over these guys who are better much. than him. I don't think he's a better player than Damian Lee at all. And uh, yeah, I'm worried about that. I thought Patrick Beverly might have been a good get for Phoenix. Uh, did Chris Paul feel that way? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I would have loved Patrick Beverly for that. I, I, mean, I think he's he still can be impactful. There's talk he was going to go to Minnesota. Now that's been kind of pushed back on. Um Okay, so so that's yeah. Don't I don't like the Ross deal. I, I agree with you there. Uh, Reggie I Jackson might have gone for. I might. I would if, if I was Phoenix. I would have waited on Danny Green. Well, so are, are they? Are they out of? They can't do anything now. Let's see where are they at. No, they, they, they were still at have another. That, yeah. I mean, they still have another roster spot. But I think that other roster spot might be used to sign Ish Wainwright. Yeah, they got Wainwright and Lee on on two. Is, I mean, I think they'll uh, if Danny Green if they could get Danny Green. I think they would like the, Danny Green at least. Again, he may not be healthy enough to really contribute, or he may just kind of be done at this point. But at least he has the theoretical skill set that they could use. Yeah, mm-hmm. like especially like his team defense, I think be useful. Like he's not a lockdown guy in the perimeter. Obviously, hasn't been that for a few years. Um, Reggie Jackson in Denver. In Denver, I think that's the one I like the most. I think the Nuggets needed another guard, and now they have one. Jackson hasn't shot well the last two years, but I think he can make open shots, and he's going to get them playing on that team with Jokic they don't really need him in a high shot creation role which is where he just really fell off with the with the Clippers and the in the non-Kawhi games he was just asked to do too much I agree so I, I I think I think he can help Denver and sort of an unintended consequence right for the Clippers of the Plumlee trade a little bit yeah, I, I thought of that too, but I, I mean, I think you're not necessarily going to be, Jackson could come in and make things interesting against the team for a little bit. Like I think his fit with Jamal Murray is pretty good. Like neither of those guys are like the purest of point guards, but when you put them together and that either can shoot and play next to the other. So, and uh, Reggie can also play with Jokic when Murray sits. I mean, that was part of the problem with Bones Highland is the Highland Jokic minutes were like not that good. And that's, we they've said that about Steph Curry a lot of times like if you play with Steph Curry and like you're not playing the team isn't playing very well when you're playing with Steph Curry like you might be a problem that's probably an indication with <laughs> yeah, Bones yeah. and Jokic so it's like yeah totally. so I think yeah I think uh big government is definitely gonna be able to hit some shots be open and, and just get some more spot outs which he was he was not getting that much uh these last couple of years yeah the uh, um uh, aren't you a little concerned about how this might affect Vlatko Chansar's minutes? Hey, he's a forward, though, right? I'm just I'm it's so just it's so funny it's, that it's, that it's been keeping me up at night, Nate. I, it's so funny that like I now that I'm attributed to be like the world's biggest Vlatko fan. <laughs> I, I think uh, Adam Morris is, is would have to be okay that, but but no, I, I mean like you you don't think John Charles like is, is shows up in this year? He's he's been much better than I expected. I cannot deny that. It's a lot better than Howell Neto, that's for sure. Oh. Oh my God! Now, now you've done it. Okay, our so you rank show's yeah biggest supporter and you, and you crap on. It. Uh, yeah. So Danny actually news came. Danny Green's getting bought out in Houston. Big surprise there. Yeah. Um, you had Russell Westbrook as your uh, number one buyout candidate. I I still think on the right team and need a shot creation. He could be he could be enough of a floor raiser to make a difference. Now, for, unfortunately, most of those teams are also bad. But like, don't. 
Don't you think, like, a, t- a team like Toronto, like, instead of bringing in Malachi Flynn when <laughs> Fleet checks out, like, don't you think Russell Westbrook would help that situation? Um, you know, I, I, I he think- actually would be a pretty good fit there. Like, the uh, way he wants like- to push the ball and, yeah. It seems like Chicago is interested in him, where I don't love the fit there as much, but. They may they may be another team whose shot creation floor is just so low right now with their second group. Like they're just not getting a lot out of Goran Dragic anymore. Uh, I want to say Caruso and White did, 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 did they both have zero last night? Um, so just just another guard who can who can actually do something. I think it's just enough of an impact for them that it might be worth it. Yeah, I mean, I mean Dragic hasn't been that good for them. Uh, he could then become a buyout candidate himself. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I. I th- I think that's the pathway they that they could possibly buy out Dragic and Dragic could end up back in Miami. So yeah, yeah, Russ with Vucevic is not bad. I, what do you make of this idea that he would just like stay in Utah? Man, I have a hard time seeing that happen. First of all, I, I don't even know if the Jazz will play him. Well, yeah, they, uh, supposedly they haven't promised him anything. Uh, they supposedly, and there's even a possibility that they could just like send him home rather than waiving him. Uh, I, yeah. I think maybe par- some of these discussions is just Utah wanting to say, okay, we'll buy you out, like give us some cash here. Like we, like it doesn't, it doesn't do us any good to buy you out uh, unless we actually get some savings. Yeah, like, we're yeah. Not, we're, it, like, and there's no reason for us to waive you. Like we could use you in a sign trade this off season. And, but there's a thought maybe that like if Russ gets bought out and signs for the minimum, now you're just a minimum player. Whereas if you just are on that contract, you maintain your bird rights, you could get sent somewhere in a sign and trade or whatever. Like there's even this thought that he's like played okay this year, which I quite disagree yeah. with. He's, he's made <laughs> yeah. a few improvements, but he still is a incredibly high usage and low efficiency player. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, but I think there's like this idea, like, hey, if this is the last impression of him, that that actually might be better than him playing 10 minutes a night in utah uh but also there's this there's this campaign for the clippers to sign him i think that would be disastrous yeah what do you think about him in sacramento huh actually i mean he's not going to be worse than davion mitchell has been as a backup point guard yeah exactly i mean they'll lose something defensively obviously but i mean there's enough shooting around him to at least make it work you would think uh what about uh back in washington see i thought about that one too um although kendrick nunn has played pretty well there since the trade (laughs) he has actually he puts out some big dunks so he actually looks like he's got some bounce back now we we did their game against uh brooklyn last week and he put one on somebody's face i can't remember who it was Mm -hmm. uh yeah, but that like that would be an interesting like because it's just what team because he, he's always going to be kind of this like it, it was pulling teeth and even by the end it, in the with the Lakers it seemed like they were considering sending him home anyway so it's like unless he's going to be in your closing lineup I think it's just more total than it's worth even if there's a theory that hey if we could just robotically program Russell Westbrook to accept this role like he could help us but he's probably not going to do that. This is the hardest part of any player's career is adjusting to the reality of what they are rather than what they were. And some guys handle it better than others, right? Like Alan Iverson couldn't handle it at all. Vince Carter handled it unbelievable. Um, and it just depends on the player. Yeah. And now, now it helps if you have a skill set where you can fit into a small that's, role. Like Russ, that is, Russ, that is it, true yeah. too. Yes. Like if, if Russ isn't a high usage player with the ball, then he can't do anything. Well, could he channel that into other areas, right? Can he, can he, I mean, no. he's, 
<laughs> no, he, he is capable of being a better defender than he has been. Is that fair? Yeah, to say? he actually. I will give him credit that he and he had moments this year, this year where he was genuinely yeah. good in LA on the yeah. defensive end. So you you wonder if he could alter his game a little bit to ramp up on that end and just sort of live with the fact that he's going to shoot twenty whatever from three. Do uh. Actually, Minnesota would be interesting for him, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know if there's enough shooting out there for him to. Really- but, but you could play him with Towns on the on the second unit. Remember Towns? He's on, he's on the Wolves, by the way. He might actually be back soon. Yeah. I still don't think there's. I think you're playing Towns and four non-shooters at that point with your second group almost. Maybe. But they'll at least run as well, like they, which they want to do a lot of. It's, I don't know. Like, like I think you could give them more than McLaughlin pop. Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Here, our waters are splashing and rejuvenating. Our history is for seeing and experiencing. Our theme parks are for riding and sometimes flying. And our great outdoors are yours for exploring and restoring. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Um, stealth, stealth, stealth trade thing we need to talk about, uh, yeah. by the way. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker with Minnesota. Yeah, that's interesting. Supposedly Utah, that was the, the guy they didn't necessarily want to give up. Uh, you know, I think he's he's actually hit some shots this year for the first time in his career, which has been nice. Yeah, that's that's interesting. He, he I think can, he could be. I mean, it's just like the teams. Can he just not have to play backup point guard though? Can you uh, right. Just let him yeah, be a shooting exactly. guard. Exactly. No, I like think everywhere he thing. goes, he has to play point guard. It's just that's not what he does. Yeah, exactly. And when he plays point guard, he just turns into a pig and makes bad decisions, and yeah, it's, it it goes off the rails. If he could just play two, then then I think he has a chance to really help them. Uh, okay, let's let's hit like three, four more buyout guys. Uh, John Wall. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of Westbrook light, right? The same issue with the shooting. He like, he can, he can give you some juice. He knows how to run a team. He's not going to hog the ball the way Russ does. So yeah, I still think he could help somebody as a backup. Well, like him but Miami, then why maybe? isn't he still on the Clippers? That That's the thing, right? Like I think like he, I think he also kind of has this pride thing going on. He couldn't hit shots. Yeah. His, his shooting was just as bad as Russ basically uh-huh. this year. And it, you know, I think, he he just like yeah he'll help you run but he, he just like his usage he was like 49 percent true shooting and like 30 usage yeah that's a problem all numbers approximate <laughs> yeah i don't know i i, I guess I'm, I'm interested to see i'm still interested to see him in a in a in a, in a place where he could uh, i don't know you might be right you might be right it may just be a thing of like an acceptance thing like the way it is with russ yeah. well i think for both of those guys Hey, if you have a team that just needs like a backup and maybe if they're going well, they could close the game. It's a possibility. But just again, the the ego and the role involved and then the inability to lessen that role because they can't shoot that that it just makes it tough. Like it's a risk to bring a guy like that in. But if you have like a terrible backup point guard situation and you're just trying to make the playoffs, then maybe it makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what happens here now with him. He's a really interesting one because he he's he's not necessarily the top name anymore. But he's he has the talent to help if he can just 
just, uh, you know, <laughs> accept more who he is now. Anybody else on this list that really you, you wanted uh, to talk? I mean, Sharich, I think, would be very helpful. But I, I'm starting to feel like it, it would just make sense to keep him around in OKC. Yeah, I think he probably stays in Oklahoma City. And I, I do think his last month in Phoenix was good. And they, I mean, they got bird rights on him. They could bring him back potentially. Like, they're not going to be – and they may be a cap space team this year, but uh, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess – so Beverly, I think, could definitely help a team. Another – like kind of difficult personality you think there's any chance that Ubre would get bought out i he'd absolutely be the number one guy if he bought out i i'd be shocked if he was i think his bird rights are way more valuable than saving a million dollars or whatever buying him out i think so yeah maybe this hand injury is what prevented you know who i actually would take a little bit of a look at uh derrick rose I agree with that. I mean, we just, he hasn't played this year. Like, he, he's more of an unknown to me. Yeah. He was he was pretty good last year. Yeah, he, that he, he had the ankle surgery, and maybe there's a feeling that he just is not, it doesn't have anything he, left. At he this might point. he might be done. Yeah. But I, I would, I mean, I almost would be more interested in, in bringing him in Than because Terrence I Ross? think, that, like, for, yeah, well, for, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but for a guy who, because I think for him, he hasn't been playing all year now maybe the knicks want to hold on to him because he has this team option and like he, he gives them some optionality in terms of trading yeah. and stuff but they still got fournier as matching salary there uh i, I think that, that's probably answered i think they want to like you know tibbs wants to do rose a solid which is fair if he's not going to play they have superior options so i like but i think you could bring rose in as a flyer whereas it's not really a flyer if it's john wall or if it's westbrook so if you bring in rose on a good team like a phoenix you can just see what he has left and if it doesn't work out okay fine yeah and he's showing he's willing to accept his role yeah barton had a rough time in washington this year i mean they got a they got a hundred wings there so now he's working his way through a crowd could see if he maybe has a little more left in the tank uh because he's a wing i i'd be more inclined to look at it that's another guy i think that phoenix should have looked at before terrence ross actually it's funny i was a little critical of that trade like i thought that they did well to get kcp like that was obviously good but i felt like you know all also having to to move on from Barton and just like as part of the money savings to move on from Morris and yeah they've definitely missed Monte Morris this year by the way um, yeah but, but they but, have not they have not missed Barton though I mean they they, they well, exactly, cashed in yeah. their Barton stock at the exact right time well and that's the point that was made to me in some yeah, conversations they, about they, that they, of like they, he, they thought they saw it coming and they were right yeah hundred percent it, it would seem like uh, so uh, yeah I mean I think Serge Ibaka is probably done. Don't necessarily need to talk about him. I would actually be, give uh, Goga Patate a slight shot. If I was a rebuilding team, I would look yeah. at him. I, I've been a Goga believer since I saw him in Montenegro four years ago or whatever it was. Uh, the the stretch part of his game hasn't really come around. He has no idea how to set a screen for some reason. Um, and he gets pushed around a lot on, on defense. But I still think there's something there. He rebounds. He can block some shots. Uh, play. He, he plays with energy. I do think he loves the game for whatever that's worth. Um, so... We'll see if I if I was a if I was a bottom feeder right now I'd definitely be looking at him. Um, I do have a big problem with this list though. I Uh-oh. can't believe you ranked Svi Mihaljevic thirty two, but Ryan Archidiakono thirty one. That should absolutely be flipped. In, in retrospect, <laughs> that is an indefensible mistake. <laughs> indefensible. <laughs> Last thing we got to do today, mm-hmm. we did this draft mm-hmm. of all of the teams in the league based on their likelihood Ooh. to do a major move draft grades okay here we go uh, so 
John Hollinger, your mm-hmm. first pick was the Phoenix Suns. I think that's looking pretty good. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yes, yes. Um, my draft philosophy was I wanted to get the three teams that I thought were linchpins to make big moves this deadline okay. and get all three of those, which was okay. Toronto, Indiana, and Chicago. I think this was pre-Miles Turner renegotiation extension. So that t- took that off the table a lot for Indiana. Indiana was one of the least active teams. Chicago literally did nothing. Yeah, that was the that was the Darko pick of this draft. <laughs> well, Chicago at least was lower down. I, uh, but t- Toronto was my third pick and and they actually i mean they did make a major move they moved to first yes. that was our our criteria so all right let, let's go through we'll do an adjudication here okay uh your first pick was phoenix that's a yes that's that's okay. one point for you uh your second pick was milwaukee five seconds dumping five some salary seconds. jay crowder count? jay crowder well i thought jay crowder was our line that if you, jay crowder or better counted yeah this uh, this almost might require an adjudication afterwards when we see how useful he is i'll give it to you for now though they, okay. they that's a move of guys who they added salary uh you had boston i'm not counting mike muscala sorry then you had miami no the deadman tax dump doesn't oh, count Oh man yeah that- uh then you had utah they definitely did it uh yep. did a major move new york did a major move philly does that count as a major move i i don't i mean they traded yeah. almost a first i can't i can't i i i i don't think that counts. Oh, fair enough uh houston they moved eric gordon and swapped out a pick from uh that yeah. is uh the bucks pick round, for the possibility of the picks. clippers pick yeah so we're first talking five spots eight spots something like that they moved up yeah eric gordon's a 20 million dollar player yeah, probably i mean i think to count that one yeah I'll, I'll give i'll give it to him especially for the comedy of them getting john wall and waving him again and so ultimately <laughs> having to pay the exact amount of his full salary that they would have had to pay if they had just fully waived him and not bought him out at the start of this year. <laughs> they're waving they're waving the they acquired and waived the offset amount. <laughs> It's unbelievable. When Danny, because Danny, uh, as soon as the Eric Gordon news broke, before we knew who it was for, Danny was like, is John Wall going back to you? Like, he could just hear him, like, gleefully typing it into a spreadsheet. It was great. (laughs) Uh, New Orleans, I'm saying a no. I thought that was actually a decent move for them, but the dumping Devontae Graham for four seconds, I'm going to say no. Memphis, Luke Kennard, but for some seconds, ah. I say no, although that's partly because I don't really like the move that much. That's right on the borderline. Right on the borderline. I think we got to see I mean, I think they acquired him with the idea of being in the playoff rotation. Like, he played like 15 minutes a game for the Clippers back in 21 in the playoffs. I will see. Do do I want want the judges to be lenient? We'll give it to you. Okay. Brooklyn, uh, yeah. Sacramento is a no. Where where did where did Brooklyn get picked? Uh very low. Wow. That you're they were you you got them, uh, but Mm -hmm. they were like the 20th overall pick in the draft. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is before the Kyrie trade. We were just like, yeah, they've got a bunch of uh, guys. They got depth. They got Katie, they got Kyrie. Yeah. God, just imagine what what would life be like now in Brooklyn if Kevin Durant just doesn't suffer the MCL injury in back to back years exactly when he suffers it. Yeah. or, or even if he had, and he just, and you know, if that had been a three instead of a two, like if if they had been, if they had oh, yeah. the championship halo, how does that change things? Well, Kyrie, we've seen Kyrie uh, ask for a trade before too, but yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Denver. I'm gonna say there are no. 
I mean, they moved Bone Thailand. They just didn't get anything for him. Yeah. Orlando is a no. And OKC, I would say, is probably a no. That's a no. All right. Clippers, yes. Golden State, I think we said yes. The, the, like, oh, the Wiseman trade counts. I think we actually like pre-discussed yeah. that. Yep. Toronto is a yes. Atlanta getting Sadiq Bay. I think I think that's got it. That's count. a yes. Seven seconds. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a yes. a, six seconds would have been enough. But once they set out the seven. <laughs> uh Detroit, I think that's a yes. Uh-huh. Charlotte, I'm gonna say no. The plum plumley and uh Plumley and yeah, McDaniels and, and McDaniels. No on that. Yeah, I mean that's like uh, McDaniels was close again. I I, I was yeah. uh, you wanted to say no on that. I mean they, they did get like the thirty fourth pick in the draft, but I think we said like first round value. Uh, Indiana is a no. Spurs probably a no. I think that's actually no. That's a yes. Is it? What they do? Oh right. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Uh, Chicago's a no. Dallas is a big yes. That's another one that I mean. This is. Yeah. I think this is so interesting. That's why I wanted to do this in part because it's just how predictable these deadlines are. Yeah. So I actually I got both Dallas and the Lakers, but I got them with like the 19th and 21st picks. Wow. Wow. Um. I mean the Lakers. I just thought, hey, they're not gonna like they're they they're not gonna find a deal with the first and the, and they did good work for them. And Dallas, we I thought they weren't gonna have a a guy who would really be worth going after and i mean the Kyrie, obviously as we were doing this three weeks ago this Kyrie thing just completely i want to say it came out of nowhere <laughs> because yeah, it's Kyrie. Right, right but I, I mean when you first when you found out that he had wanted the extension you're like oh this is uh eyes emoji here uh, yeah definitely it, it escalated quickly though uh cleveland is a no are we gonna say uh, portland yeah they got a first yeah they, they sound josh yes. Portland's a yes with two different trades um Minnesota is a yes. I actually drafted them last. Yep. Wow. And Washington is a no, right? Washington's a no. Yeah, they didn't do anything. All right. So you've got, you had Phoenix and Brooklyn, which is pretty good. But in total, one, two, you had eight and I had 10. But that's pretty oh. amazing that 18 teams did what Made we would consider moves. a major yeah. move. Yeah. And there are other a couple others that were even like right on the borderline too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. I like this, this trade deadline thing. They should do it every year. <laughs> exactly exactly and they should they should tell the teams ahead of time that the day is coming though so they don't have to wait to the last second to, to do these trades <laughs> oh man all right well this is awesome we're gonna take a break here for all-star probably be back in a couple of weeks uh, i would say we, we just we had so much more to talk about from the deadline that I, I figured it was the best use of our time rather than waiting until like wednesday to just do an episode now so hopefully y'all agree with that if, if you're listening on the free feed uh, please give dunked on prime a chance where you can get every single episode for me and john you can get danny and i five days a week as well uh, although i will caution we are going to take a break for all-star i actually got a message last year from someone who signed up during the trade deadline and was like yeah you said you, you do five episodes a week and it was and then you took a break for the trade deadline i'm like dude we give you like 230 episodes a year like can we just get like one week vacation uh so yeah i've been i look forward to taking that vacation i'm gonna start driving to montana in like uh an hour or so here nice um you got any plans for all-star uh not big ones uh gonna chill recover from uh re- recover from the trade deadline maybe watch a couple 
couple of college games, put my feet up. I'm not going to the All-Star game, though. Yeah, David Locke, Master of Ceremonies, uh, will not be seeing us. I actually may come through Utah right after that on my way back to uh, catch a jazz game. But yeah, the All-Star, I've never been All-Star, and I probably will never go. Um, you're, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting, but you're, yeah, you'd probably not miss it too much. Like, I'd much rather go to Summer League. I mean, there's been LA and Utah. Those are probably, other than one in San Francisco, the two I would be most likely to ever go to. And it was Chicago and chicago too we also had that mm-hmm. uh although that was like a weird one due to covid but uh i'm I, if i wasn't going to go to those three i'd probably never go i might not even go if it's here honestly at least like go this. to the basketball without borders even if you don't go to the main stuff that's true i mean that would be the bigger the yeah. bigger thing that i'd be interested and, and like you know i go to summer league i go to enough events where like i see people i mean the, the biggest reason would be to just like see all of our colleagues but there, there's other chance of course all right then thanks so much for joining us we'll talk to y'all later today on dunked on prime me and danny but John and I in a couple weeks. Till then. We hope you enjoyed that episode, but that is far from the only trade deadline analysis from Nate and John, let alone from Nate and Danny, let alone from me, let alone from Seth Partnow. A lot more trade deadline analysis. You can get it all ad-free. If you subscribe to Dunked On Prime using our mock trade deadline sale, you can do that at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.